0: Thank you so much, what a beautiful presence of God um, there is in this room right now and I hope and pray that wherever you're watching right now online, whether you're in your dorm room or in your living room uh, or watching safely in your car, you're feeling the presence of God and that presence of God is bringing hope, that presence of God is bringing peace, that presence of God is bringing perspective uh, in a pretty crazy time. My name is Dan Leanne, I'm one of the extended family members here at Embassy City Church. Uh, The Reverend Dr. Bishop Timothy Ross is a long-lost brother, and I'm so grateful that our paths crossed years ago, and now we get to do life together. Uh, Simply put, I'm really hoping and praying that this segment, uh, not just the preaching, but our worshipping of God in song, Uh, Our giving, our tithing, our generosity, as well as the preaching of the Word, will literally be the most encouraging time of your week. I'm hoping and praying that this is going to be a life-giving time. It's going to be a stirring time. It's going to be a challenging time. It's going to be an awakening time. And so really simply put, here in my few moments with you, I want to engage the Scriptures and talk about one simple subject. More than a subject... It's a challenge that I believe that Jesus wants to bring to each and every single one of us. And that is simply to stick with him, to pick up our cross and to follow Jesus. So if you're writing down notes today, you you just scribble that at the top of your page? Follow Jesus. I'm not saying you need to take notes to get into heaven. I'm just saying, why take a chance? There might be a pop quiz. That's kind of, I'm messing around. But but if you're writing down notes, follow Jesus. Let me pray and we're going to jump into this really simple message. Dear Jesus, help us follow you. Amen. There is no better decision you can make than to follow Jesus. At some point in your journey and consistently continually through this side of eternity, there is no greater decision you can make than to follow Jesus. In in tribulation, follow him. In trouble, follow him. In testing times, follow him. Because Jesus is so much more than just a religious teacher back in the day. No, he's the living king, God forever today. And Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. And Jesus is the life. In a world, in a day, in an age with swirling currents of culture, it is important for us, dare I say, imperative for us to fix our eyes on Jesus and follow him with greater commitment than ever before. He's the way. In the darkness, in the muck, in the mire, in the fear, in the frustration, in, in, in the swirling um, uh, symphony of different opinions, dragging to the left and dragging to the right, Jesus cuts through all of the mess and says, I'll be the way. You want to know the way forward? I'll be the way forward. You feel you're stuck in life? I'm the way forward. You don't know whether you should go left or right? I'm the way forward. Follow Jesus because He's the way. He's also the truth. In a day and an age where everyone has an opinion and in a a post-modernic world, that opinion sounds true because everyone truly believes it is true. It's so important to lean into the eternal truth and that's Jesus Follow Jesus because Jesus never had an opinion in his life because he doesn't speak opinion. He only speaks truth. Follow Jesus. He's the truth. And he's the life. In a day and an age of division and darkness and death, he is the one who has the capacity to speak life into every situation. Follow Jesus because he is the life. I beg you, I implore you, irrespective of what is going on in your world right now, to draw a line in the sand and say the next step forward will be one of following Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. But here's the question, what does that look like? What does it really look like to follow Jesus in this day and in this age? It's really hard for us sometimes with a variety of opinions from different pastors and preachers and propagators of the Word to really get a clear picture on what it's going to look like to be a genuine follower of Jesus. So whenever I have a question about what Jesus would say, I turn to the Scriptures. Because the Bible isn't a piece of archaic literature from back in the day. No, the Bible is a living, breathing conversation that Jesus wants to have with us every day. If you can find it in the Word You can be sure that you will find that in a conversation with Jesus in this moment. So what I did is I turned to the Bible to find a time when Jesus talked to us about following him. As he he unpackaged what it would look like. As he extrapolated on the implications and the ramifications of being a genuine follower of his. And I came across this passage in the book of Mark chapter 8. I would propose to you that this is the most common analogy Jesus would use when trying to describe to a potential follower what it would look like to be a follower of his. In Mark chapter 8 verse 34 and 35, the Bible says, Then Jesus called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. I love it. Jesus is hanging out this day, surrounded by a crowd. Wherever Jesus was, people were because there was something different about him. There was something weighty about him. There was an authority about him, a gravitas about him. Wherever Jesus was, people were. And everyone asked the same question. What would it look like to genuinely become a follower of his? And so Jesus answers the question. He calls the crowd and the disciples to him. Or in other words, he says, you know what? You might be checking me out from a distance, hiding in the peripheries, wandering around in the shadows, not sure of me yet. That's all good, baby. Come close. Grab a seat. Let me talk to you about what it's going to look like to follow me. Not only the crowd, but the disciples. I want you to hear this. People who have been with me for a long time. You've heard the songs, you've listened to the sermons, you've attended the conferences and the camps, you've bought the t-shirt with the cross on it, you think you are very close to me. You know what? I want to reiterate for you as well. This is what it's going to look like to be a follower of mine. Crowd and disciple, disciple and crowd, grab a seat. I'm going to let you know what this following me journey is going to look like. He clears his celestial throat and he begins to spit. If anyone would follow after me, he or she must deny themselves and pick up their cross and follow me. Woo! Deny yourself? I could have imagined the murmur that would have broken across the crowd as they heard this for the first time. No one likes being told that life can't be about them, but has to be about another. But Jesus launches straight into this beautiful revelation of what it's going to look like to follow Him by saying, if you really want to do this right, at the end of the day, this won't be about you. It'll be all about Him. It's not that Jesus doesn't love you. It's just that, yo, He's God and you're not. So first and foremost, He corrects that. He says, if you're stepping into this, asking this question, what am I going to gain? What am I going to glean? What am I going to get? You may as well stop the journey now because this following Jesus stuff is going to be a journey of surrender, a journey of sacrifice, a journey of worship, a journey of giving Him our utmost because He is the highest. Deny yourself. And He goes on, and you must take up your cross and follow me. Now that would have riled the crowd, but more about that later. You might ask this question, why would Jesus go down this line time and time again when asked what it would look like to be a genuine follower of his? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, he loves you. When Jesus loves, he's not doing it in response to our loveliness. He's doing it as an extension of his character. He can't help himself and love tells the truth. Love doesn't trick love doesn't manipulate love doesn't offer one thing and then deliver another thing no his nature of love compelled him to be upfront with you right from the beginning if you want to do a relationship with jesus in a real way it's going to feel like picking up a cross and following him not only is jesus love like i mentioned before he's truth Jesus couldn't speak in hyperbole. He couldn't exaggerate to make a point if he really wanted to because he is total and absolute truth. Everything he speaks eventually comes to be. He he, he can't fake something. He He can't make something sound better than it really is. Jesus is truth. And he's also wise. He understood that if he sold something that he didn't have any inclination to deliver on, you would throw it away the moment it didn't deliver. And because Jesus is more interested in you finishing this journey with him than maybe just starting an emotional journey with him, he will tell you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help him, him, right at the beginning. Because he is wisdom and he wants you to finish this journey. So in love, in truth, and in wisdom... He let a group of people know just like us, knowing that they would find themselves in troubling times. I want you to stick with me. I want you to follow me. And it's going to feel like a denying of yourself and a picking up of your cross. Now we have a problem. Jesus, more than any other other analogy, used the cross as a picture of what it would look like to follow him. And the problem is that 2,000 years ago, every single person when Jesus mentioned the cross immediately understood what Jesus was getting at. It was a very common illustration. It was an analogy that resonated with every single hearer 2,000 years ago. Every young person was brought up being told that if they kept running around with that crowd, those bunch of troublemakers, they were going to end up being one of those people carrying a cross down the main street. Every single person in the Roman world understood exactly the implication, the ramification, the explanation that a cross would, um, w- would provide. But fast forward 2,000 years, in this day and age, we don't carry crosses anymore. We don't see crosses carried around in the street. We don't carry much nowadays except for our mobile phones or maybe a bag. So, so that illustration for so many people is lost no wonder so many people get confused when life gets difficult, when troubling times come. And they look at this journey that they have of following, of following Jesus, and they don't know, wait a second, am I doing it right? Is it meant to feel this way? So what I want to do in my remaining seven minutes and 42 seconds with you is I want to unpackage what Jesus was trying to say when he said following him would be like carrying a cross. And then in about seven Minutes and 13 seconds, I'm going to give you an opportunity to draw a line in the sand and say from this day forward, no matter the price, no matter the cost, no matter the pain, I follow Jesus carrying my cross. The way I want to do it is by using a physical illustration. I want to use this beautiful, shiny podium as an example of what it would be like to carry a cross. So let's just um, use this right now. Let's just pick this up and throw this on my shoulder right now. This will be, for all intents and purposes, a cross for the next couple of minutes. So the first thing I want you to understand is this. If you want to follow Jesus, it's going to be like carrying a cross. And a cross is uncomfortable. I want you to write that down. Crosses are uncomfortable. Following Jesus will be uncomfortable. This is pressing up against my trapezius muscle, cutting off blood flow to my brain. I'm feeling a bit woozy right now. Carrying a cross will be uncomfortable. The cross was a Roman tool of torture, not a Swedish instrument of massage. And we need to clarify that because preachers and propagators of the gospel like myself have maybe pitched an errant picture I've done it before. You know what? Jesus wants to come in and just kind of you know, just cuddle you where you are. If you're, if you're mad, you're sad, you're angry at your dad for all the things you never had, in this dim-lit room, just walk forward and everything is going to be all right. I preach those kinds of messages. And in a sense, it's true. There is no greater comforter in this universe than the Holy Spirit, Jesus with us. But may I warn you, at the same time, following Jesus will bring greater discomfort into your life than anything. And I fear that sometimes we pitch an incomplete message, telling people that following Jesus is the on ramp onto easy street. It is not. Picking up a cross is uncomfortable. And over the last couple of months, a lot of people have gone through a season of discomfort. And I'm here to let you know this is not strange, this is not weird. Something hasn't gone wrong. Jesus told us right from the beginning that if we want to be crazy followers of His, we would feel discomfort. You fit around the cross. The cross doesn't fit around you. And I've got to warn you, if you really want to follow Jesus, it's going to get uncomfortable. Personally uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. So let me ask you this question. How does your following of Jesus bring discomfort into your life? Has it brought discomfort into your life? Or have you found that, strangely, Jesus agrees with everything that you believe in? He's like kind of like, you know, amening everything that you think. He's like the ultimate hype man in this universe. Now you got to understand that Brother Tim Ross isn't the only person with a rap background. Your Asian brother right now has a little bit of a rap background himself. Recorded a CD myself when I was 15 years old in my buddy's garage. I called myself MC Cheezle. Cheezle's like a cheese ring. You know why? Because I was yellow, I was holy, I was always at the party. And you know what? I had a hype man. His name was DJ Paulie T. And I enjoyed it. Had some old kind of you know rap tracks. I used to write raps, and then my boy DJ Paul e. T would we'll always hang around the back there. Yay, yeah, yay! Yeah. And I would just agree with the stuff that I was rapping, the rhymes that I was spitting. Jesus, not your hype man. If you find your relationship with Jesus feels like going through life, leaning into your biases, holding your opinion, and Jesus is merely there to back up what you lean towards my friend you're probably doing it wrong because this following jesus stuff was meant to be uncomfortable you fit around it it won't fit around you the way you love your brother the way you show grace to your sister the way you see your work or your finance the way you hold trouble in testing times. It's different. You fit around the cross. The cross doesn't fit around you. Not only is it uncomfortable, it's going to be really inconvenient. This is going to be inconvenient. Yo, following Jesus is going to cause you to bump into things. Just imagine I grabbed this podium, and right after the shooting of this service, I went out to a A local burger joint and started walking around and and I tell you now I I would just be bumping into things left right and center if you even just play this message back before I picked this cross up I was moving around the stage with the style and the speed and the grace of Jackie Chan now I've picked this thing up I'm moving around a lot slower a lot more deliberately why because following Jesus is going to be inconvenient it's going to mess with your day-to-days It's going to mess with your schedule. It's going to mess with your planning. It's going to mess with every part of your life because carrying a cross was profoundly inconvenient. It's going to mess with the way that you do relationships. It's going to bump into the way you do relationships instead of cutting people out or or, or canceling whole groups of people. It's going to cause you to keep an open spirit and a generous heart and a desire to continue a conversation, knowing that there are things that God wants to reveal to you through your brothers and sisters who might see the world differently than you. In a world and in a day and an age which just says which lock the doors and, 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 and basically board up the windows and turn up your own echo chamber, it's going to mess with you. When you really follow Jesus, it's going to cause you to drive towards community, drive towards relationship, drive towards other people and love them the way Jesus loved them. It's going to mess with the way that you spend your money. Instead of, instead of like doubling down on selfishness and greed, you're going to double down on generosity and overflow because you know what? a cross is going to mess with the way you see your money. It's going to mess with the way that you see your skills, your strengths, your gifts, your experiences. Every part of your life is going to be touched by your following of Jesus. And it's going to cause you to use it all for His glory. Carrying a cross is going to be uncomfortable. Carrying a cross is going to be inconvenient. You know what else? Carrying a cross is going to be deeply defining. It's going to be deeply defining. It was a big lump of wood that everybody saw. It wasn't a golden, shiny, diamond-encrusted thing you can shove into your shirt and do a button-up depending on the context you were in. Everyone saw it. And before you knew it, everyone knew you for it. You give it a go. See how long you last. Go find yourself an eight-foot lump of wood from Lowe's or Home Depot this week. Throw that on your shoulder and walk around a couple of days and see how long it takes for for people to start calling you the cross dude or the cross girl. Because it is deeply defining. Everyone is going to see it and everyone will know you for it. It will become the loudest thing about your life. Following Jesus should be the loudest thing about your life. What's the loudest thing about your life? Real talk. I I know that right now, you know, in, in this church kind of setting, it's like the sanitized response. It's Jesus Like Jesus is the loudest thing about my life. I just love Jesus. I just love him so much. Like his grace and his mercy. No, no, but really. If I was to ask your friends, if I was to check your phone, if I was going to look at your Facebook, if I was going to flick around your Instagram, what would I conclude? Really is the loudest thing about your life because it was meant to be your following of Jesus. More than our possessions, more than our status, more than our brand, we were meant to be known as those crazy followers of Jesus. And this is a deeply challenging thought. Because we live in a day and an age where we assume labels, and then we assume that that should be the most defining thing about us. And Jesus says, Nope, you follow me, you pick up that cross, everyone's going to know you as that crazy cross carrier. That wild person who follows Jesus, even though everyone seems to be walking away and even though everyone seems to be ducking for cover, you're the one who just keeps on following Jesus. You don't go with the flow, you don't just ride with the tide, you keep your eyes focused on Jesus and you keep walking forward. Not only is it challenging, this is a beautifully liberating thing. It means that no matter who you are or where you're at or what you've done or what you've been through, if you want to follow Jesus, guess what? That gets to finally be the most defining thing about you. You're not a failure. You're a follower of Jesus. You're not a fool. You're a follower of Jesus. You're not someone who made mistakes in his teenage years. You're a follower of Jesus. You're not that person who crossed those lines and and soiled his hands or marred his soul or scarred his memory, no, you're a follower of Jesus. You're not dirty. You're a follower of Jesus. It's a deeply encouraging concept that following Jesus will be deeply defining. And lastly, not only is it uncomfortable, not only is it inconvenient, not only is it deeply defining, it is permanent. Everyone knew this, 2000 years ago, when Jesus said, Pick up your cross and follow me, he was calling you into a life sentence. You got to understand that. The cross has been so sanitized over the last 2,000 years. It is a a fashion trend in some parts of the earth. It 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 is a piece of jewelry for many people here in America. But you understand when Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me, it was like he was saying in the state of Texas, pick up your death penalty and come with me. That would have taken people's breaths away. But Jesus wanted to make it clear. I'm not looking for a weekend fling, I'm looking for your everything, now into forever. When the sun is shining, when the rain is pouring, when the breeze is cool, when the tornado is blowing your world apart, follow me. 2019 when it felt like things would go on your way to 2020, when it feels like you can't catch a break, follow me. This is a life sentence. Jesus said, follow me. We find ourselves as a church at a juncture in history where that call is maybe more important than it ever has been in our lifetime. Because the kingdom of darkness is raging. The enemy is operating with seemingly total freedom. But I'm letting you know time is coming when crazy followers of jesus are going to draw a line in the sand and say you know what jesus you call me into a relationship with you into the way the truth and the life that would bring the way the truth and the life into this dead and dark and broken world so by the grace of god and for your glory i pick up my cross and i follow you so i ask you right now would you be brave enough this week to draw a line in the sand and say, you know what? I pick up my cross and I follow you, Jesus. I want to show your love. I want to shine your light. I want to share your story. It doesn't matter if it's uncomfortable. You went through the greatest discomfort in the history of the universe so that I could experience life, maybe a little bit of discomfort that I experienced might bring life to someone else. I don't care if it's inconvenient, if it messes with everything about my life. I, I don't care if everything about my life has to bend around it because you told me up front that following you would be inconvenient and it would mess with every part of my life and I hope it's deeply defining. Because throughout my life, I've had so many labels or so many words or so many names attached to me. And there's always been an inkling deep within my being that none of these words really have the weight or the power to really define me. They really shouldn't be doing that. I want your cross and I want my relationship with you. I want my courage in clinging to you to be the loudest thing about my life. And give me the grace to do this forever when things are going well, and when things are falling apart, when the future seems bright, and when the night seems so dark, give me the grace to keep on following you, knowing that in the end, you'll lead me to brighter days, but even more importantly, you'll lead me into greater God-glorifying days. Pick up your cross and follow Him. As we wrap up our time together, I simply want to do two things. I want to pray for someone who is watching right now. And you may have been just you know, flicking around Instagram and, and saw a link or you saw a buddy of yours that can share a text and say, hey, jump on line, and next thing you know, you're getting yelled at by an Asian guy with a strange accent. I want you to know that this is not an accident. This is a divine setup. Yo, this is a Jesus ambush. And he wants to invite you into a relationship with him. And I can do that with all sincerity and integrity because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, carried your cross on your behalf, paid your price so that you could live forever free with a Father in heaven. And that's all Christianity is. It's not rules. It's not regulations. It's not jumping, jumping through religious hoops or clearing legalistic bars. It's recognizing that God loves you and comes to find you where you are. And if you would open up your heart to the God of this creation, He would enter in, becoming your King, your Lord, and your Savior, transforming your life starting today, giving you security forever. If you're watching right now and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, know that He carried His cross so that you could. So you might want to close your eyes right now and just open up your hands as an act of surrender. Obviously, if you are driving a car, keep your eyes open. If you're holding a child, just one hand open is more than enough. But you might want to just pray these words. Dear Jesus, thank you for carrying your cross to save my life. Thank you for paying for my sin. I couldn't clear the dead. Be the king of my heart now and forever. Amen. If you just pray that prayer, we would love to connect with you here at Embassy City Church. We're pumped about your jump, but we're committed to your journey. And and we'll be giving you some more details on how to take your next step. For the rest of you, Can I challenge you To personally make a decision To pick up your cross As uncomfortable as it may be As inconvenient as it will be As deeply defining As it can be As forever As it was meant to be And say you know what I'm going with Jesus. I'm sticking with Him. Lord Jesus, help us by your Spirit pick up our cross and follow you. In difficult times, we follow you. We choose love over indifference, we choose grace over cancel we choose to break bread over breaking ties we choose empathy and understanding over bias and arrogance we choose humility over pride and if it's uncomfortable cool if it's inconvenient inconvenient, bring it on If it's defining, please, and help us do it forever. In Jesus' name. And all the crazy cross-carriers said, amen. God bless, and I can't wait to see you all in person soon.